Jamoke Chang, Jamma Joe I can't <laughs> say her last name. We're going to call her Jamie J. So we're going to Jamie J this morning. So let us sing this morning as you feel comfortable. You're all my all in all.
time to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another and so that we can celebrate with one another. You'll see this morning we have our newest prayer list out. Um, so we've got a long list of people here. We've got several families that we need to remember at the loss of a loved one. Um, and I need to add my family to that this morning. Uh, we got the news this morning that my cousin passed away um, from breast cancer. Uh, so please remember my family as we, um, we grieve that loss also. Uh, are there others this morning that we need to lift up? Amy Ward. Amy Ward. Uh, the family of Amy, well, his dad was uh, Sam Hagen. But they're no longer together, so it's Amy Ward and the family of her. Okay. She lost her son. Yeah. Okay. You can take me off the list. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You can take Angie off the list as well. What column she in? Uh, second one. Second. Alright. Others that we can take off this morning. <clears throat> well, let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we have come to worship this morning. We come with heavy hearts, with hearts of worry, with hearts of pain, with hearts of grief, with hearts of joy. As we gather this morning, Lord, we, we come to you seeking peace, seeking comfort, Seeking a place to just belong. Lord, we have such such a long list of names. And these are only the ones that we know of. We have many that are on our hearts also. Lord, we give these people to you. Give them peace where peace is needed. Give them comfort where comfort is needed. Give them healing where healing is needed. <coughs> Above all else, Lord, may your will be done. So, Lord, as we come this morning to praise you, to hear your message, Open our hearts, open our eyes and our ears, so that we can see and hear and love the way that Jesus loves us, the way that he loved the people that he encountered. So 
Lord, this morning as we pause in our busy lives, we remember, remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And when we just run out of words to pray, or when our prayers seem like a scrabble game, just a jumbled up mess sometimes, let us always remember that there's a prayer that we can pray, a prayer that was taught to the disciples, a prayer that's been taught to the generations of followers since. A prayer that's been prayed by saints and by sinners. So this morning, Lord, we gather and we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, Lord in heaven, Scripture reading this morning comes from the Psalms, Psalm 22, 1 through 15, and it is our Psalter reading this morning. So let's read the Psalm together. My God, my God, why have you left me all alone? My God, I cry out during the day, but you don't answer. You are the Holy One enthroned. You are Israel's praise. Our ancestors trusted you. They trusted you and rescued them. They cried out to you and you rescued them. And they trusted you and they were ashamed. But I am just a worm, less than a human. All who see me make fun of me. He committed himself to the Lord, so let God rescue him. Let God deliver him because God likes him so much. I was thrown on you from birth. You've been my God since I was in my mother's womb. Please don't be far from me, because trouble is Many bulls surround me. Mighty bulls from Bashan encircle me. I'm poured out like water. All my bones have fallen apart. My heart is like wax. It melts inside me. My strength is dried up like a piece of broken pottery. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You set me down in the dirt. As we continue this morning, we are always grateful for the gifts, the tithes, the offerings, all those things that are given. 
to better this community and to help this community be in mission work. So let me offer this prayer this morning over those gifts we give to God. Let us pray. Generous God, we bring you our gifts today. We recognize that all we have comes from you. May these gifts bring hope to places of pain and need. We want to be followers of Jesus, who leads us from greed into service. We offer ourselves. Amen. Our message text today is Mark 10, verses 17 through 31. Mark 10, verses 17 through 31. Hear now the gospel according to Mark. As Jesus continued down the road, a man ran up, knelt down before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he responded, I've kept all of these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him. He said, you are lacking one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the man was dismayed at this statement and went away saddened because he had many possessions. Looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, It will be very hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. His words startled the disciples, so Jesus told them again, Children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. They were shocked even more and said to each other, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, It's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. Peter said to him, Look, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farms because of me, because of the good news, we receive 100 times as much now in this life. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and farms with harassment. And in the coming age, eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we have heard your scriptures read. We have sung praises to you. And we have offered prayers. So this morning, Lord, open our hearts and minds. Open our eyes and our ears. Speak to us. May the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So we're back into the Gospels. Today we're in the Gospel of Mark, and according to my Bible, this is the rich man's question. This is a story of a rich man asking Christ, what must I do to obtain or inherit eternal life? Now this question is one that is relevant today because we can still ask this question, what must we do to inherit eternal life? So let's look at what Jesus tells this man. First, Jesus says, keep my commandments, my Father's commandments. And then he tells him that there's one more thing to do. Because this man was holy and just and upright. He was someone in the community that knew the law and upheld the law and the prophets. But Jesus says you have one thing that you're not doing. He looks at him and says, sell everything and give that money to the poor. And this is where we find out that this man was rich. He had many possessions. And here's where the man leaves saddened and grieving. But why does he leave? We don't know for sure. But what we do know is that Jesus is telling this man that, yes, you have all these things, but how did you love your neighbor with your wealth, with your possessions? Because that is kind of the question, the underlying issue of this man and his wealth and asking about how do I inherit the kingdom of God. He basically told the man that it is not enough to just love your neighbor, you also have to show that love. And that's what this man, this man with lots of wealth, lots of possession was lacking because he gathered up many possessions and evidently wasn't sharing with what he had. But this is still so true today. I've heard it said many times, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That the wealthy gain the wealth on the backs of those who work for them. Is that how this rich man gathered up all that he had? Was he making sure that he was gathering all this wealth on the backs of those who were under him? But not all of those with wealth are the same. Because there are those who share and help others with what they have. But according to James Thompson, the problem is not wealth per se, but our attitude toward it. As we accumulate riches, we are tempted to trust in our possessions and our powers of acquiring them rather than in God for our ultimate security and comfort. Even honestly acquired and generously shared wealth can thus lead to pride. And it is hard to let go of the immediate bias of security and comfort. And the more we have, the harder it gets. So this is not as much about wealth and possessions 
as it is about our attitude towards those wealth, that wealth and possessions. So what was this man's attitude towards his possessions? Well, there are two thoughts that we can see within this text. This man was saddened and grieving because he was unwilling to sell all that he had and give it to the poor. Now, this is what I heard growing up. That this man wanted what he had more than he wanted to follow Jesus. That the man spent his life gathering these things that he had and was not willing to give it all up. He was not willing to give up the lifestyle, the home, the cattle, the prestige, the things that came with having all of these things. But, but what if it was the other thing? What if the other thought is that the man left saddened and grieving because he had decided to sell all he had and follow Jesus? Now this is a new thought that I've read about and heard and I was like, wow. What if he was going to do that? He was saddened. Because there's so much emotion that can be wrapped up into our possessions. I can tell you, I have a hard time throwing things away. My wife's down here shaking her head yes. And if you've ever had to move, you know how much stuff you have accumulated. If you've ever had to paint your house and move things out and around and move, you figure out how much stuff you have actually accumulated. And it can be an emotional roller coaster to get rid of some things. Because some things have some sentimental value that we attach to it. It was something we got when we achieved a goal. It was something that was given to us by a special friend. Or it's a family heirloom. We attach meanings to objects. For me, I can't get rid of any cable. I'm a cable hoarder. I have cables that are 15 years old. They don't make the device it goes to anymore, yet I still have that cable. I can't get rid of it. Because the minute I get rid of it, I'm going to go, where's that cable at? I need that cable. I've got, I've got, I've got to use that cable on something. So how much are we gathering in possessions that maybe you're just sitting around and doing nothing but collecting dust? And what could be the benefit to someone else if we let go of it? This man could have been very emotional because of his memories, because of what he had attached to all his possessions. And he had decided, I'm going to give all that up because I'm going to follow this man named Jesus. Now all we can do is speculate on the decision of what this man was because he just walks away and we hear nothing else about him. We get this many times and in many stories in the Bible where we 
We don't have the conclusion to the story. But I think sometimes that's the best thing because we get to think about what the decision was on both sides. What are the multiple things that could have been decided based on the questions that Jesus had asked? And in this speculation, we can see where Jesus is telling this man and those around him what it is and what it takes to be a follower of Jesus. Now, first and foremost, that does not mean we have to get rid of everything we own. It means we have to change the way we see about what we have. That we need to make sure we're sharing our wealth with those in need, with those who are seeking justice, with those who are oppressed. That we change our attitude towards those who have little to the other people over there. And that brings us to the question of the disciples. Then who can be saved? Jesus is saying that, you know, you can't have all this stuff and be saved. That it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle, which is a small door in Jerusalem, in the temple area. But it was easier for a camel to go through that than it is for a rich man to come into the kingdom. So, who can be saved then? Jesus' response is the question that shows our reliance on God. Jesus says it is impossible for human beings to be saved. But for God, all things are possible. There's nothing, nothing that we can do, that we can acquire, that we can say that will bring salvation for ourselves. James Thompson says, we cannot attain even this higher reward, our eternal salvation, by striving for it. If our primary concern is our own salvation through faith or works, then we have missed the point of both faith and works. But there's another part of the story too. Because the disciples finally got something. How many stories have we read that are just like, oh, what, Jesus? We don't get it. But here, they finally get it. And I love the way David Howe, one of the commentators for this, puts it. He says, these Thick-skulled disciples finally understood something. Just how hard it is to change and to live out kingdom ethics. For them and for us, Jesus holds out the hope that with God, change and first steps are not only possible, but are already happening. They finally got it. They got one thing. And of all the other things that Jesus was taught, they finally figured it out. But at the same time, they still didn't quite understand. Because Peter's like, we gave up everything to follow you. 
What more can we give? What more have we lost? But you haven't lost anything. It says in the scriptures that you know you leave your house, your mother, your father, your brothers and sisters, and all these things to follow Christ. But what do you gain? You gain a bigger family in the family of Christ. You gain brothers and sisters that are going to be there for you because of Christ. So you may have lost one or two, or three, or maybe everything. But you gained so much more in this life. So when talking about wealth and faith and works and change and kingdom ethics, how does one bring it all to a close? How do I say something that is going to be lasting and meaningful that you're going to remember today? Well, I'm going to let someone that's a lot smarter than I am, that's done a lot more research than I have, in this sermon this morning. This is what Clifton Black has to say. Life in God's eternal presence depends on conduct consistent with God's eternal will for justice among His creatures. Such, however is impossible for mortals without God's gracious help. As Augustine prayed, give me the grace to do as you command and command me to do what you will. This is good news only for those prepared to let go of all the fraudulent and collapsible supports epitomized by wealth on which in this life they are constantly tempted to rely. The God to whom Jesus points and in whom he committed his own trust does not want some portion of Christ's disciples. God intended to claim them entirely without remainder or reservation. That is the promise of eternal life. Never is it realized painlessly or without sacrifice for the gospel's sake whether by this Christ or his followers. Give me the grace to do as you command and command me to do what you will. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation is one that's kind of fitting. It's I Surrender All. And this version is sung by newsboys. So let us sing and read the words and feel the words in our hearts as we sing along with newsboys. I Surrender All.
as we close our time together this morning, receive this benediction. Go and follow Jesus on the pathway of love. Share the good news and of mercy of grace. Dare to let go. Find the courage and see what adventures God has in store for you. And may the blessings of the Holy One give you courage, for with God, nothing is impossible. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen.